Open your Bibles again to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. And Pastor Kenny had me personalize this joke, so I want you to know it wasn't written this way. But, uh, okay. There's this woman, Judy, she's a rich blonde. She buys a new automatic Charger Sport. She drives the car perfectly well during the day, but at night the car just won't move. After trying to drive the car at night for a week, but without any luck, she furiously calls the Dodge dealership, and they send out a technician to help her. The technician examines the car, finds nothing wrong with it, so he turns to Judy, blonde, and asks, Ma'am, are you sure you're using the right gears? So she replies, you fool, you idiot, how on earth could you ask such a question? I'm not stupid, you know. Of course I'm using the right gears. I use D for during the day and N for night. (laughs) Her name wasn't in there. Pastor Kinney told me, you need to switch it over and make it personal because everybody relates better if it's personal. So if I'm buried, I'm taking him with me. No. How many of you remember who Red Skelton is? Okay. You can find online a very beautiful time of him talking about the Pledge of Allegiance. Okay, but he was a stand-up comedian. He came from vaudeville and went up through, but he was known for one-liners, and his humor always seemed to be fairly clean. And so this is Red Skelton's recipe for a perfect marriage. He says, two times a week we go to a nice restaurant, have a little beverage, good food, and companionship. She goes on Tuesdays, I go on Fridays. (laughs) I take my wife everywhere, but she keeps finding her way back. Kevin Thomas said, don't read this one, but I got it then. I asked my wife where she wanted to go for our anniversary. She says, somewhere I haven't been in a long time, she said, so I suggested the kitchen. We always hold hands, and if I let go, she shops. (laughs) My wife told me the car wasn't running well because there was water in the carburetor. I asked her where the car was, she says, in the lake. (laughs) Now, this is Red Skelton, not me, okay? She got a mud pack and looked great for two days, and then the mud fell off. Remember, marriage is the number one cause of divorce. I married Miss Wright. I didn't know that her first name was always. (laughs) I haven't truly spoken to my wife in 18 months because I don't like to interrupt her. The last fight was totally my fault, though. My wife asked, what's on the TV? And I said, dust. And... We will leave it with that. Amen. We have a very large couch. I want you to know that. Okay. (laughs) First Timothy chapter three, starting at verse fourteen. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come shortly unto thee. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how to 
thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. And we had talked about the, the first two times, the first two messages, and then the third message started last week. My three-part message turned into a four-part message. I promise I will finish it tonight. And we looked at that last point where it says the pillar in ground of truth. He's talking about the body of Christ. He's talking about the church and the title for the church. And I told you last week a definition for pillar is a post or support to mark or a boundary part of the foundation. And then I want you to, now I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 3. And we'll continue from where we left off last week on Wednesday. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7, And unto the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly, hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown." He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And this last point is that pillar and ground of truth. That's what the church is supposed to be. Again, Philadelphia literally means brotherly love. And it says there that thou hast a little strength. A little strength. You don't need anything more than breath to honor and glorify God. Because his strength is made perfect in weakness. The Apostle Paul, who was basically blind and had to be led about, said he was given a, a messenger of, from Satan to buffet him, for which he besought the Lord three times to have it removed from him, and God didn't take it away. He had to learn to trust God through his weakness, through his adversities, through his problems. And it says he has a little strength. You don't need a lot of strength. And it says, kept God's word. One person I'm counseling with this week, uh, I had to deal with it. And I said, what are you doing? You know, and you know, people in the church, you know what they get tired of hearing preachers say? Have you been reading your Bible? And have you been praying? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. everybody knows you've got to read your Bible and pray. Well, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not... 
Prayer gets a hold of the heart of God. The key to any relationship is communication. You want to know what God wants to say to you? The Holy Spirit is the author of this book. If you don't read it, don't tell me that you're spirit-led. And if you're not communicating with God, you're not sure He knows you, what you need, what to help you with, and how to have victory. There has to be two-way communication in any marriage, any family, any relationship. For there to be a good business, there has to be communication between the boss and the employees. There has to be an understanding of what is expected, how to perform that, and the problems that the employee runs into. I don't care what part of life you run into. Do you know the Bible talks about all those areas of life? And God wants to give you that help. But if you don't read it, and you don't talk to Him, I want you to know, God already knows what you need. You know what prayer does for you? It helps you put into words so that you know what you need. God knows what you need, but you know many times He won't answer that? He won't answer what you need without you first coming to Him? So He says there, you know, you've kept my word. You have a little strength. You have not denied my name. I'm dealing with somebody. Been saved a long time. And I looked at this person. I said, do the people you work with know that you're a born-again Christian who loves his Savior? That's why I love the prayer time. We turn around and our youth pastor is talking about and someone else is talking about and someone else is talking about someone that they worked with that they were praying for an opportunity to witness to. Does your grocer know that you're a born-again Christian? Does the checkout lady? Have you kept his name? Not denied him? I want you to understand, that's part of what he was complimenting and praising the church in Philadelphia for. Verse 10, they kept the word of his patience. And because of that, God was going to keep them from the hour of temptation. I am not going through the tribulation. Not half or whole. You want to argue about how long it is? Okay. I'm not going through half or whole of it. All right? I'm not. He'll keep you from it. And he says, hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. I know people, they think about the judgment seat of Christ. You know, I've heard it pre pre preached one time early on in my salvation that in heaven there's going to be this big movie screen. And God's going to play your life, every part of it, public, private, secret, before everybody to see. And you're going to be judged on that. You know what I say to that? I'm nuts. If someone loves me, are they going to want to rehearse everything that's wrong with me to everybody else? That's not what it's about. The crown is something you earn for your service to Him. you got to serve Him to get Him. You can get heaven and not have a crown. There's crowns you can earn and then lose. 
There's some crowns you earn and you never lose. When you're used to bring someone to Jesus Christ, what is my hope, my joy, my crown of rejoicing are not even ye. See, it's at his appearing. So you, you can't lose a soul. You believe in eternal security? If they're saved, you've got a secure crown. But you know there's a crown of righteousness? There's the crown of life for those that look for his appearing. A crown of righteousness that love him. Love his appearing. Revelation 2.10 talks about the crown of life. James chapter 1 and verse 12 talks about another crown. It talks about a crown. There's one crown. Everybody can earn four crowns. Everybody. There's one crown that's given to pastors. And that can be taken from them. Even maybe they've served years and years and years if they haven't done what God has told them to do and continued in it. See, we're not supposed to deny his name. Acts 4.12 For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we what? Must be saved. That's not too difficult. You don't deny his name. Um, I would feel very hurt if my wife out in Yuma when she goes to visit her sister we're both going she's staying longer than me and while she's with me this is well this is my wife Judy this is my husband Brian what's your last name it's Legault well if the, the last two weeks that she's there when I'm not there she goes around introducing herself as Judy Vickery my nose is going to be out of joint because she has my name do you understand what I'm saying to you? And to not use that means she's denying the one she's married to. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, who did you get married to? Do you keep his name? Not denied it? Kept the word of his patience in verse 10 in Revelation chapter 3? Because thou hast kept the word of my patience... I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. It's very easy. You know something? If you declare wherever you are to people, you don't have to say, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm better than you. That's not the point. But you start talking to them about Jesus, and they say, are you doing this? Because he's my Lord and Savior, and he saved me from my sin, and has promised to take me to heaven when I die. And the scriptures tell me this, this, and this about it. It's not just my opinion. It's what God says. You know what they're going to know? They know you're different than the lost person. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to start examining you to make sure you're different than a lost person. Do you know lost people have a higher standard for Christians than Christians do for themselves? One of the safest ways to protect your testimony is to give your testimony. Honest truth. Not denied his name, kept the word of his patience. He promises a crown. In that passage, he says in verse 12, Him that overcometh, I will make a what? A pillar in the temple of my God. See, the pillar and ground of truth. We're upholding others built upon the foundation. The wise man built his house upon a rock. 
and the winds came and the storm blew, right? The rains came and the house on the rock stood. I've told you before, I'm not easy to live with. If our marriage, Judy's and my marriage, was based on me and her putting up with me, I don't know if she'd still be here. She's a good woman, much better than I deserve. But it's not based on that. It's based on her foundation, which is not me. It's Jesus Christ. Hold fast that that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. You're going to be a pillar. You know, when it says not to deny his name and to keep his word, I got looking at a bunch of different translations today. Okay. In our text, opening text, pillar and ground of truth, it says the next verse talks about what? In our opening text, God was manifest in the flesh. Well, not in the NIV. Not in the ESV. It's He. It's He. Right? Got to keep His word. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, and these three are one. That helped my son-in-law be able to set aside the Jehovah Witness idea of Christ that he was raised in because it says Jesus is God. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit, and these three are one. But not in the New IV, NIV, not in the ESV, not in the ASV, it's not there. They took half of verse 6 and half of verse 8 and made a verse 7. They took the verse right out. And if you study the background of that, which most people don't want to do, it's in 97% of all extant manuscripts, that verse is there. It's not in Vaticanus or Sinaiticus, the two most used for the new Bibles, which both belong to the Roman Catholic Church. That is not a Christian church. If I offend you with that, talk to me afterwards. I got saved from that. To be a Christian means to trust in Christ. To be a Catholic means to trust in the church. Salvation is in the church. Okay. And he turns around, you're going to overcome, make you a pillar. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. There's a warning in Acts chapter 20, verse 28. For the elders, the preachers, what they were supposed to do, and it says because what they were supposed to do with the church because God purchased it with his own blood. A pillar in the temple. Isn't that amazing? You know what I like about that? That's the new Jerusalem. You know where I know I'm going to be? Keep his name. Keep his word. Keep the patience in his word. He's the one foundation, right? For other foundation can no man lay, but that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. If any man build upon that foundation, wood, hay, stubble, 
stubble, gold, silver, precious stones. His work will be tried in the fire, by the fire of what sort it is, the quality. Even the one with the wood, hay, and stubble is going to come through, and he says, he, yet he will be saved, yet so is by fire. He comes through. And I look at this, and he gives us a new name. A new name. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a... Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are. That's the foundation. It says the pillar, okay, it's holding it up. It's supporting it. Okay, it's a post. It marks. You go to enter into the... I'm trying to think which building it is. In the name of the building in Auburn. They go there, and it's one of the county buildings. There's these big pillars in the front of the building. And sometimes you ask somebody where this building is, or we got to go to such and such department, and they say, turn right on Route 5, and on the left-hand side, if you're heading towards Seneca Falls, you come in on 34, you turn right, you go down on the left-hand side, it's the building with the big pillars. You know what I want my unsafe people to know? There's a building waiting for them with big pillars. He's the one foundation. The pillar and ground of truth. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to finish up quickly. Matthew chapter 7. Jesus Christ is the foundation. The church is the pillar and ground of truth. Matthew 7, verse 24. Most kids know this. I wish their parents would remember it. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and doeth them. So it's not just to hear the word, it's to do the word. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts will be established. I will like him unto a wise man that built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them what? You can hear about salvation all day long, but until you're willing to receive him, you're not saved. And doeth them not, should be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat upon the ho that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had entered, ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Is your house built upon a rock? Is it? Look at Matthew chapter 16. Verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am, the son of, say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, that's Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, that's Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, 
Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It wasn't Peter, because Peter means little stone. The rock is it's built upon Christ. The house built upon a rock. I was talking to some people this week from another church, and I told them, you guys have got to quit playing church. You need to understand. You need to put Christ back into your life and in your marriage because you need a threefold cord. you got each other, and you need Christ. And you need to be intertwined, you with Him, and both of you with the Savior. It's not rocket science. He made it so simple that I can get it. Galatians 5.1 Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I love that verse. I got liberty in Christ. But it doesn't mean I can do what I want, watch what I want, go where I want, say what I want. Because verse 13 of the same chapter tells us, on that foundation, liberty in Christ, it says, For brethren, you've been called unto liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. I gave another person seven principles that I've taught in Sunday school. I've used it in a message. I preached it over in India. The pastors thought it was amazing. It's not new with me. Seven principles. Very simply. You've been given liberty, only use not your liberty for occasion to the flesh. Seven principles, laws or rules that govern your liberty. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful, I will not be brought under the power of any. If you've got a habit, it's got a control over you, it's wrong. Another one is dealing with world philosophy and science falsely so-called. If it's the world's thinking, it's wrong. I'm only giving you a couple of them. Okay, but I want you to stand, because we're to stand fast in that liberty. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I promise. Two more passages and we're done. My wife said, don't you hold them over because you're telling those dumb jokes. I said, I won't tell them the dumb jokes, honey. I'll just tell them the blonde joke. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, look at verse 9. For we are labors together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's what? According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is? Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. 
Colossians chapter 1. Do you understand the foundation of Jesus Christ? You're coming through the judgment seat of Christ. You know what's going to happen? There's going to be no big TV screen. They're not going to look at every moment of your life. They're going to look at your service for the Savior. And you're standing before the judgment seat of Christ, not the judgment seat of your peers. Do you understand me? And the service you gave to the Lord is going to go through the fire. And that which you did to be seen of other people, poof, gone. That which you did because you thought it'd make you look good, gone. That which you did just for yourself, gone. But that which you did for Christ comes out the other side. No one's looking at the wood, hay, and stubble. you got a pile of your life. It goes through the fire. The wood, hay, and stubble is gone, and you got a pile of ashes. They're not examining that. But gold, silver, precious stones? What is silver the price of? Redemption. You know what gold points to? That you kept his name and the word of his patience because it points to his deity. And precious stones, that points to those people that you help come to Christ. And you know what happens when you run gold through the fire? It becomes more pure. And when you run silver through the fire, it becomes more pure. And when you run precious stones through the fire, when they come out, they shine more. That's what people are going to see. But you got to have them for them to see them. It's not your whole life. It's not like the great white throne judgment. It's not what you did with Jesus because you've already accepted him. It's what you did for Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 and we're done. Verse 16. For by him were all things created that were in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. If you do a proper study of creation and the passage that talk about it, that's not talking about God the Father, it's talking about Jesus Christ. Don't believe me? Ask Pastor Kenny. And he is the head of the body. It points to Jesus Christ again, doesn't it? The church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, to him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. The pillar and ground of truth.
And all God's people said, good night and God bless.